Zero podcast, the show where I cover the least in the best way possible. I'm your host, Jason Wells. Nothing to talk about, really. We got no game this upcoming weekend other than the Pro Bowl, and I don't even know if that's really a game. I think it's flag football now. So, and I'm not going to preview that, obviously. So, I'm whipping up, whipping up, not whooping up, whipping up my first mock draft, first full mock draft of the season, all 32 picks, no trades. Could have done trades. Trades would have been a lot of fun. Trades makes it a little bit complicated. So we're just going to go straight up. Um, But yeah, obviously we do have some head coaching news. Um, So yeah, the last two uh, head coaching jobs have been filled. Um, Mike Mike McDonald, oh my god, great start. Mike McDonald is the Seahawks' new head coach and Dan Quinn is the commander's head coach. We'll start with Mike McDonald. Um, great hire by Seattle. You get one of the best young defensive minds. He did a phenomenal job in every single game this year, uh, basically. And he gets a good unit to inherit. Obviously not as good as this Ravens team from this past year. But you look at the team and you look at guys like Boye Mafe and Jordan Brooks. Uh, Reek Woolen, Devon Witherspoon, uh, Quandre Diggs, Julian Love. I mean, he was a pro bowler. Bobby Wagner, he was an all-pro. <laughs> um, but yeah, they have talent on this defense, and I'm sure that they'll try to continue adding to it. And this offense seemingly isn't so bad. Um, they haven't. He hasn't named who he's bringing in as his offensive coordinators. I'm sure that that'll come in soon, but... Uh, I think this is a very good transition from Pete Carroll to Mike McDonald. Um, I think Pete Carroll is going to stay in-house in some kind of front office role, and I'm sure that he will advise Mike whenever he does ask for it, and that is huge to have someone who's been around and been coaching for as long as Pete has to give advice when needed. But this should be its a good hire. Let's see how he builds out his staff, and then we'll go from there. Um, and yeah, the other hire, Commanders hire Dan Quinn, former Seahawks DC, then Falcons head coach, then Dallas DC. Now he lands another head coaching job in Washington. It's it's an uninspiring hire. I think that's just kind of what you can say. I don't understand the real appeal of Dan Quinn. Uh, he made it to a Super Bowl with Matt Ryan that one year against the Patriots choked that game away. I just finished watching that game this morning because if you didn't know, I'm doing the top 10 rankings. That's coming next Wednesday episode of the 10 Super Bowls. But yeah, I just finished watching that. He choked that one away. And then when Shanahan leaves for that Niners job, that Falcons team just fell apart because it was Shanahan and the offense more than Dan Quinn being leader and leader of the defense. And he's proven to have great units and he's a great defensive coordinator, but... Again, his defense is very, very good in Dallas, but failed in a lot of big moments. I mean, we just saw them get killed by the Packers, and a lot of that can blame the offense and Dak, but the defense certainly didn't look good. Um, 
So yeah, I don't think it's a bad hire, but I don't think it's a necessarily great one. It's just, it's very meh. It is what it is. Um, yeah, and with that, I think that's the worst hire of the offseason. Again, I don't think it's a necessarily bad hire, but it's just kind of like, I don't know. I don't think Dan Quinn's the guy. I don't think he's, it was, if, if you hire a defensive guy, in my opinion, he has to be like a real leader and a vocal leader and knows what he wants. I just, I don't know. I don't get those vibes from Dan Quinn. I guess we will see. I mean, having a franchise QB kind of just changes everything. And if they are picking that guy, whether it be Drake May or Jaden Daniels, we'll find out in my mock draft soon. Uh, it does help a ton, but again, I'm not, I'm uninspired. I'm uninspired right now. Uh, and yeah, with that coaching, uh, those two jobs gone, no more head coaching jobs. That means Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick not going to be coaching football in 2024. Uh, I'll start with Vrabel. I thought Vrabel was honestly like the second best candidate in this cycle. I think it was Ben Johnson, then Vrabel. I mean, maybe you put Harbaugh above Vrabel, but it is what it is. Um, I don't get it. I don't know how much control he was demanding. Uh, I thought that him and Adam Peters, the commander's GM, they had some relationship beforehand. So I'm shocked that that's not where he ended up. Maybe he just wants to take time away and take a step back, and then he'll come back next year and seemingly be able to land whatever job he desires, you would think. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm stunned that Mike Vrabel didn't get a job. Bill, on the other hand, I can understand it. If he wanted control, he's a 70-year-old coach. Giving him control of the team isn't really great. And then if he wanted to bring his bumbling buffoon coaches with him, with Josh McDaniels, Patricia, and Joe Judge, it's, why would you want that guy? It's like all of these coaches have been hated anywhere they go except the Patriots, because the Patriot way and I don't know if the Patriot Way works anywhere else because it hasn't really been proven to work anywhere else. Um, so, yeah, I'm not really – I think both will get jobs next cycle. I don't think both are going to be any anyone's defensive coordinators for this year. Uh, I think Vrabel's definitely going to get a job in tw- for 2025. Bill, on the other hand, I don't know, and I don't know unless he's willing to – not bring in his own guys, then I don't know if he's going to find a job. But we will see, and we will keep going on with some coordinator news. Uh, So now with Mike McDonald gone, the Ravens have promoted Zach Orr, their linebackers coach, to be the new defensive coordinator. Uh, So Zach Orr is 31 and was actually drafted by the Ravens, uh, I think like seven years ago or something like that. Uh, and I remember Zach Orr, like, in in, in the draft process. Uh, that was one of the first years I actually kind of got, like, really into the draft was, I think, his draft year, or maybe, maybe it was the second year I was into it. But, like, I remember Zach Orr being on the Ravens and someone that they drafted. And now after, I think he had, like, a neck injury that ended his football career. Now he's their defense coordinator. So hats off to Zach Orr. What a turnaround for him. Um yeah, and I guess we'll see how he does. Obviously, there's guys in that room who are older than he is, but uh, 
we will see. He's obviously an up-and-comer, and we'll see how the Ravens look next year. Uh, the Panthers retain uh, Gyro Evero as their defensive coordinator. Um, I think that's big, so that leaves them with uh, Dave Canales head coach Brad Idzik, I think was the name, offensive coordinator, and now Gyro Evero stays. Panthers defense did look good. It does have pieces. Him staying is big. Uh, we'll see if Canales and Idzik can get something going on the offense because that offense needs a spark in the biggest way possible, and we'll see how they'll be able to do it. And the Titans hire their defense coordinator. They hire Denard Wilson, the old Ravens uh, secondary coach. He's going to uh, Tennessee now. Um, I was kind of thinking, I'm like, hmm, interesting that he left for that job instead of maybe taking the Ravens job. And my only kind of logic, and who knows if Zach Orr was the clear candidate and it wasn't going to go to him, but um, I think he sees the Titans' job as a way to build up his own defense in his own way instead of inheriting something that Mike McDonald made, and in that sense, Wink Martindale, with like, the Ravens' defense is very good and should be good regardless who's coaching them just because of the talent that they have on that team. Um, where the Titans is your truly ground-up building. You got a couple building blocks that you like, but it's really a complete rehaul of that defense. And uh, I think that Wilson kind of wants that challenge. And if he does build up this Titans defense to Mike Vrabel standards, I guess one could say, then he's obviously going to be in line for his own head coaching job. Um, Yeah, but that is it for the coaching news and the NFL Weekly Update here. So we will go right on over to my first full mock draft of the season. So the way I'm going to do this, I'm going to start at 1, go all the way down to 32, no trades, and going to be perfectly honest here, I am not up to date on all of these prospects I'm going to be talking about. Sue me, we all work for a living, this is a hobby, but um, so I'm going to be using my, uh, not using, but... I will be using Daniel Jeremiah's big board, top 50 big board, came out a couple uh, days ago to help me along the way. So yeah, I am going to be reading DJ's work on what he thinks about some of these prospects. Some of these prospects I do have my own opinions on, but we are learning as we go. And if you are listening to this, um, I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, if you're listening to this, first of all, thank you. But uh, yeah, this is going to be a chance for both of us to hear some of these prospects, talk about them. And again, it's my own mock draft, so I do obviously have fits here. So I'll talk about more team-specific needs and fits with these players. Um, But yeah, let's go from there and let's start off with number one. We're going with Bears, Caleb, or the Chicago Bears select quarterback Caleb Williams out of USC. Uh, Caleb Williams, 6'1", 215. He's the best quarterback available. Obviously, there's some discussion about whether Drake may and Caleb Williams, but Caleb Williams is the guy. Um, He's gotten the Pat Mahomes comparisons. He can make all the throws. He has speed. He has elusiveness. Uh, not to the extent that like Lamar has, but again, like a Pat Mahomes where it's hard to bring him down, hard to, when he's out of the pocket, he can still make all the throws that he needs. Uh, and that's why he's going number one, because his ceiling is one of the best quarterbacks we have in this league. 
Um, yeah, so I think Caleb Williams is the obvious choice. Obviously, that means they need to trade Justin Fields to someone. And we'll see where Justin Fields goes. But uh, Caleb Williams is the guy here. Not a lot of questions. I mean, he has some, uh, some like his red flags this year is that he was kind of like lazy. Didn't make all of the best decisions, but it's, I mean, he's been knowing he's going number one since last year when he won the Heisman. So Caleb Williams, easy 1-1 selection for the Bears. Uh, And going number two, we got QB Drake May out of North Carolina, 6'4", 230. Um, And my comp to him when I was doing my top 10 mock a couple weeks ago was... Justin Herbert, if Justin Herbert had Moxie or Spunk or any kind of dog in him, Drake May is that guy. Um, He's athletic. I mean, he's exactly what, like, the prototypical quarterback, like 6'4", 230. I mean, I said that already. uh, already. He's white. That's obviously built into the prototypical quarterback. That's obviously a joke. Um... But yeah, truly, Drake May gives you everything you want in a quarterback. Big arm, strong, can make all the throws, uh, athletic enough to escape the pocket, and blah, blah, blah. And I really do like Drake May. I do think he's going to be awesome, and the commanders land a good one, and obviously they need a quarterback. Uh, And Sam Howell, former North Carolina quarterback, will be his backup, seemingly. Um, We'll keep going here. Jaden Daniels, number three. Uh, to the New England Patriots. Daniels out of LSU. Let me see. What did I have down for him? Six, six, four, two, ten. Uh, it really just comes down to the Patriots need a quarterback in the most desperate way. I think just going back out there and running it back with Bailey Zappier, Mac Jones puts you... Actually, and I wouldn't even say it puts you back in the top five next year because I do think that that defense will be better. And if they don't pick a quarterback, then the weapons or the offensive line will be better. So, And I think that pushes you into the territory where you don't want to be, and that is in that NFL purgatory purgatory territory. There's some fun alliteration there. Um, Or I guess rhyming. (sighs) It's been a long day, but... Um, so Jaden Daniels at three to the Pats, you don't want to be stuck in that spot where you're never drafting in the top 10 to get that quarterback. Take the guy that he's there. I think Jaden Daniels is, uh, is a very, very fun player to watch. He's dynamic with his legs. He has big arms when he gets hit. Sometimes it looks like he's in a cartoon, that cartoon being Looney Tunes. It's very funny how he falls and how. He sometimes fumbles the football, but um, he's nowhere near to be like a finished, polished prospect, but he has all the makings of what you could want in a quarterback, and he is dynamic enough, makes plays on his own uh, to be that guy, and the Patriots obviously need a quarterback in the most desperate way possible, so he is going number three. Look at that. I haven't even had to read off any of Daniel Jeremiah's notes yet. All from the noggin. Obviously, I'm talking about the quarterbacks. They're probably the easiest people to read up on and talk about in this class. But uh, we're moving on to our first non-quarterback. The Cardinals are up, and they select Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver out of Ohio State. Uh, 
6'4", Actually, I should give some reference points on this. All of the heights and uh, weights that I'm listing off are what ESPN is telling me right now. And ESPN has Xavier Leggett, the South Carolina wide receiver, listed at 6'3", I think like 220. He weighed in at the Senior Bowl. He was 6'1", flat. 6'1", flat, like 205. Not 6'3", not 6'20". So all of these numbers could realistically be wrong that I'm reading. But um, it is what it is. I should have said that at the start, but I'm saying it now. But yes, so number four, the Cardinals select Marvin Harrison Jr. out of Ohio State. Um, And yeah, if you really need a scouting report on him, it's his dad, Marvin Harrison Sr., the Hall of Famer, All-Pro Colts receiver, yada, yada, yada. Um, This is his son, and he's four inches taller. That's the scouting report. Um, Marvin, like he is a difference maker at the wide receiver position. Uh, there is nothing he does that isn't like fantastic. He he's he he is the number one player in this class. He's my number one player in this class. Uh, but yeah, his comparison is his father, who's a Hall of Famer, but he's four inches taller. So. Marvin Harrison Jr. going to the Cardinals. Kyler Murray gets a wide receiver. And we will keep going. Number five, first offensive lineman off the board. Uh, Olu Fashanu out of Penn State, 6'6", 319. Uh, And so the Chargers could have gone a couple different ways uh, in this one where there's guys like Malik Neighbors and Romo Dunze or Brock Bowers, but... I see a team that has invested already into those positions. Obviously, Keenan Allen is older. He's still a wide receiver one. Mike Williams is a hurt all the time, but they're paying him right now. Chargers also have cap to deal with. Maybe Mike Williams isn't even on the team. They invested in QJ last year. Harbaugh has already said that he likes QJ. Uh, Gerald Everett at tight end is obviously just an average name, but it's still an NFL starter. Where you look at that, offensive line it's Rashawn Slater and a bunch of bums who shouldn't be starting and this offensive line has been a major major issue for the Chargers for a long time so you get Olu who's obviously a left tackle but I think he's athletic enough to make the transition to the right tackle spot and you got your bookend tackles for a decade to keep Herbert standing and listen there's going to be some Chargers fans out there telling you that next year they're gearing up for a Super Bowl run, Harbaugh's in, they just needed a couple tweaks, blah, blah, blah. That's not true whatsoever. This was a team that needs to build basically everything back up. Because other than like Herbert and Slater, maybe Derwin... I don't think that you have any real pieces on those on this team outside of those three. Uh, so you got to build, and how you build a team is you build the trenches and you build that offensive line that has been a problem for this team for almost a decade, it seems. Um, yeah, I think that the Chargers, at least for next year, if you have a decent offensive line around Herbert, and yeah, if he's throwing the. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and QJ for next year, like that's fine. 
but you're not competing for a Super Bowl next year. Obviously, you've still got a whole offseason ahead. But as of right now, fix the offensive line and everything else will come with it later. But uh, let's keep Herbert upright and healthy. Chargers getting Olu Fashanu at number uh, at number five. Uh, and at number six, we got the Giants up on the clock, and they're taking Malik Neighbors out of LSU. Uh, the receiver, six foot, two hundred pounds. Uh, this man is explosive. This man is. He's like QJ, but like without any of the question marks concerning hands or speed or things like that. Uh, He is awesome. He is dynamic. When he gets the ball in his hands, he is gone. Now we're looking into the Daniel Jeremiah stuff. Let's see what he can say. Strong hands to finish through contact. Uh, Explodes off the line in his release, creating immediate separation. Uh... He get his he reminds uh neighbors reminds DJ of uh of DJ Moore. Malik reminds DJ of DJ Moore. That's what I'm trying to say. Um I think his one knock is he's not like a polished route runner, but he's still like a good route runner. So again, he's QJ if QJ was actually like a good receiver. Like he's got that explosive burst. He is a decent route runner. He has good hands. Like, Neighbors would be the wide receiver one in most draft classes, except he just happens to be with uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., unfortunately. But he goes to the Giants, who obviously need help everywhere on offense, it seems. But uh, this is too early for another one of these quarterbacks. Um, So, yeah, roll it with Daniel Jones. I mean, you're paying him anyways. Cut his ass next year, but... At least, I don't know, you're giving him Sladen and Waller and Neighbors and who did they draft last year? Who they just, uh, he was the Tennessee guy. How can I not forget his name or how am I not remembering his name? Paul? No. That's going to bug me, but we'll keep going here. Um... Next up is the Titans, Tennessee Titans on the clock. And they are selecting Joe Alt, the massive uh, left tackle out of Notre Dame. 6'8", 315. I have seen 6'7", but ESPN saying 6'8". So we'll go with that. Um, obviously, the Titans one of these teams who just need to build absolutely everything. Um, it starts with the offensive line because it was one of the worst units for them. And again, like the Chargers, they have Peter Skronsky, who... Good at guard, was injured a bit last year, but uh, they need a tackle in the worst way possible, and Joe Alt is there for the taking. Um, now, Joe Alt, not as athletic as Olu and some of these other guys, but obviously he is massive, and when he gets his hands on you, that reach, it is uh, game over. Yeah. Um, and again, the... Uh, these picks aren't, and especially the offensive linemen, these picks aren't like sexy picks, but Joe Alt uh, going to the Titans, I think, is a pick that they need, and they need def- desperately. And moving on to number eight, the Atlanta Falcons. Finally, not taking a skill position player here, but they're going to go on defense, and they're going to take Dallas Turner 
the edge out of Alabama, uh, 6'4", 232. Uh, very athletic. People want to compare him to Will Anderson from last year, obviously his teammate. Uh, he's not as polished or refined as Anderson, but he is a very, very good athlete. Let's check in with DJ, see what he can say. Um, he's inconsistent with his pure bull rush, but is has a quick first step, wins a lot of the reps by stabbing with its inside arm and collapsing the offensive tackle shoulder outside. Um, either way, Turner is one of the best edge players in this class. I think it's kind of a three-way race right now between Turner, Latu, and Verse. Um, but yeah, Turner gets the nod as edge one currently. And yeah, again, we're going to learn more as we go. But uh, Dallas Turner going at number eight to the Falcons. We will keep going uh, to the Bears. Bears select Romo Dunze out of Washington, wide receiver, 6'3", 215. Uh, this man has been comped to Devontae Adams. He has, he is just, I mean, a refined route technician, uh, gets open, jump ball, vertical guy. I mean, we saw him in college with Michael Penix and him just going after these balls and always coming away with them, it seems. But again, like neighbors, if Harrison or neighbors weren't in this, uh, wide receiver class, Odunze would be a one wide receiver one most years. And now we get a year where it's basically one, a one B one C with these trio of guys. Um, so yeah, Romo Odunze to the bears, pair him up with Caleb Williams and DJ Moore. That looks like a very, very good offense to me. I think he's a very good compliment to DJ Moore. Obviously DJ Moore, Athletic as hell. I wouldn't call him a gadget player, but like you get the ball in his hands, he makes things happen. Uh, where Odunze is just kind of the polished route runner, where he will get separation with his routes, uh, while on top of just being a very good athlete himself. Uh, and that should set up the Bears, honestly, for not a Super Bowl run next year, but having. Caleb Williams, Darnell Wright, DJ Moore paired, and Romo Dunze also, like, on his five-year, like, contract. Those are some valuable guys that you don't need to pay for a while, other than DJ Moore, obviously. And you can build that team, and the Bears could be in Super Bowl talks a few years from now if everything goes right. Uh, the Jets are now on the clock. Jets take an offensive tackle. They need offensive linemen in the worst way. And they're taking Talaisi Fuaga out of Oregon State, the 6'6", 334 tackle. Um, listen, the Jets just need offensive line help other than Elijah Vera Tucker. I think that they need basically both tackle positions. Becton wasn't the guy. Dwayne Brown was hurt, and he's a free agent now. Uh, so they get Fuaga to try to solidify that left side of the line. Now, obviously, I uh, could they have gone with a Brock Bowers here? Potentially, potentially, but uh, we'll talk about Brock Bowers when we get to Brock Bowers because he's coming up relatively shortly. But the Jets just need offensive linemen. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers is going to be back there next year, and I know that he's not going to be that mobile, uh, and as mobile as someone like Zach Wilson, he is going to get killed behind that offensive line. So 
let's build up the offensive line. Let's try to protect Rodgers so he can throw the ball to Garrett Wilson and try to find him some weapons that weren't former teammates of his. Um, should I talk about Talese? I should also probably be saying where DJ has these guys ranked. So this is uh, DJ's 11th ranked prospect. Um, he lines up at right tackle, but DJ believes he can play on the left side. Uh, quick feet, explosive, Suns rushers. Uh, don't see much weakness in his game. He has Pro Bowl potential at tackle and could play guard if needed. So again, the Jets just need offensive linemen. This man is an offensive lineman. <laughs> Plain and simple. Uh, move on now to the Vikings. They get the first corner here, and they get... Uh, Tarion Arnold out of Alabama, six foot one ninety six. Uh where does DJ have this man? DJ has him. Didn't has his number six player right now. Um obviously Kool-Aid McGinstry is the hot name that people are talking about out of Alabama, out of like their secondary. And obviously with a name like Kool-Aid, you get most of the headlines, but Tyrion Arnold is the guy who seemingly just as good as Kool-Aid, but he has that athleticism that shows up on tape. And we'll get to Kool-Aid when we talk to him. But uh Yeah, it's like he's like he's also on the stat sheet, five interceptions and seventeen passes defended. Uh physical face up tackler, doesn't miss tackles in space. Uh he has a lack of experience at the position. He transferred over and he was a safety. Uh, but yeah, uh, Tyrion Arnold and obviously the Vikings, they need secondary help in a very, very bad way. Now they could go with edge here, but I'm expecting them to bring back at least to uh, Neil Hunter to the team. And I think that Brian Flores needs a corner on this team for this scheme to really truly work. And I think he gets one here in Terry on Arnold. Uh, so we will move on to number 12 Broncos up on the clock and they are taking Leatu Latu out of UCLA, the uh, edge defender, six, five, two Um, he, again, very good was at the senior bowl and obviously his big, uh, his big concerns is uh, when he left Washington, they didn't medically clear him to play football. He goes to UCLA. They're like, yeah, you're fine. So we're waiting to see what those medicals end up saying. But he is DJ's number 21 ranked player in this class as of right now. Uh, he has an arsenal of pass rush moves. Ideal size for the position. Uh there are times where his pad level's too low, gets high, and he gets controlled. His effort is outstanding. Um, yeah, so again, one of these top three edge guys that we're talking about that are all fighting for that number one spot. But I think that Latu's real concern is um, is his injury history and his medicals. So we'll see at the Combine what the NFL doctors say, and then we can go from there off Latu's uh, injury. For the Broncos, though, I mean, a team that needs basically everything. Uh, let's try to piece together this defense, I guess. Uh, give them a true edge defender. And if Latu is the real deal, then 
getting to the uh, quarterback faster when you guys have guys like Sertain and Justin Simmons covering well uh, leads to a very good defense, you would imagine. So a uh, lot to, to the Broncos. Now we are on to number 13, the Las Vegas Raiders, and they are taking cornerback Nate Wiggins out of Clemson, uh, 6'2", 185, uh, DJ's 30th ranked uh, player in the class. Wiggins is a tall, long quarterback with outstanding speed. He is effective in press coverage, gets his hands on receivers, but he'll need to let go earlier at the next level. So he gets a little grabby with guys. Uh which obviously you can get away with the college, the NFL refs, they're fucking, they call everything. And a lot of the times it's not great to call. So just best to be not as handsy as possible. Um, uh, a little disappointed with his lack of aggression against the run. Um, so I don't think he's a great tackler. Don't think he's really tough. Doesn't really show that drive to make those tackles in open space, but he is a very good and he's a very good athlete to be a cover corner in this league. And I mean, Raiders need just help on defense. So pair Wiggins opposite Jack Jones. And hopefully that, uh, the Texas tech, uh, Tyree Wilson, he emerges as a solid young edge player to pair up with Max Crosby and this defense for the Raiders, Really gets going, but uh, Nate Wiggins at number 13 to the Raiders. Uh, keep going here. Saints on the clock, and they are taking J.C. Latham out of Alabama, the 6'6", 360 tackle, one of the biggest players in this draft. Uh, where are you, Latham? There he is. Uh, DJ's number 13th player in the class. Um, he is massive, obviously. 6'6", 360. I am very excited to see this man run his 40-yard dash. Um, tons of power in the run and pass game. If he gets a hold of you, you're not going anywhere. Uh, but apparently, so his awareness versus stunts and blitzes has been inconsistent. So hard to pick up on the guy's other than the guy that's kind of right in front of you. But, I mean, again, we're kind of in the spot in the NFL right now where offensive linemen are good. Offensive linemen are few and far between, and this is a draft class that has a lot of them. I think that DJ has 11 offensive linemen and 11 wide receivers in his top 50, and I think these offensive linemen are going to go way before these wide receivers do. Um, so yeah, and the Saints need help at the tackle position, uh, obviously drafted Trevor Penning a couple years ago, he's been okay, I also think that they might be playing him at guard, let me just take a look at this, uh, Or he just wasn't playing. So apparently Andres Pete has been playing left tackle for them, who was playing at guard. So they need tackle play. J.C. Latham, again, like the Saints, you can't really do anything with this team for the next couple of years. So just build these trenches, make them young, and then fill out the team after. But uh, J.C. Latham to the Saints. The Colts 
The Colts are on the clock. Colts select Brock Bowers, tight end out of Georgia, 6'4", 240. Um, now, obviously, this is much too late for Brock Bowers and any real draft. He's probably selected in the top 10 because someone trades up for him. I could see him going earliest five to the Chargers. Um, but then after that, it's like the Chargers, the Jets, and then it's like, I think his spot is going to be in the 10 to 18 range. Uh, again, barring trade-ups, because I do think that Brock Bowers is probably a top five player in this class, but he gives you everything that you want at the tight end position. He is a good blocker. He is good in the run. He is athletic. You get the, he's a good, like, he's just, He's one of the best tight end prospects that we've had over these years. And if you can tell a team they're adding a TJ Hawkinson or a George Kittle um, or a Sam Laporta, they'd absolutely love it. He's a very, very, very good all-around tight end. And the Colts adding him would be obviously incredible. Again, I don't think that he does get to 15, but... Uh, you're telling Anthony Richardson to come into this offense next year with a good established offensive line, and then he gets to throw to Michael Pittman, Josh Downs, and Brock Bowers with Jonathan Taylor run game. That sounds like a pretty, pretty good offense to me. Uh, I would love to see Brock Bowers in Indy, but um, again, a mock draft with no trades. I doubt it happens. I almost, I wanted to do one with trades just so the Dolphins could trade up for Brock Bowers because that would be absolutely spectacular for us. But uh, he goes to the Colts and we shall keep going. Uh, Seahawks on the clock and they go with Troy Fotanu out of Washington, the guard, 6'4", 317. Um, Yeah, the Seahawks just kind of need, oh, I looked up the wrong thing did the wrong thing but yeah the Seahawks need guard play and offensive line help the offensive line did take a bit of a step back uh this season compared to last but uh adding in someone like Votano who uh is literally from the area or not from the area but went to school in the area would be a quick move for him to go to Seattle um he gets over aggressive at times uh, and loses his balance trying to like really get in the edge rusher's face, apparently. But he can also get underneath them and uproot them at the point of attack. Um, again, and he can. He has the versatility to play all five offensive line spots. So if they want him at tackle, he can play tackle. If they want him at guard, he can be a good guard for them. So I think this is the pick for Seattle. Uh, Troy Fotano. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, if I'm being honest, so apologies. Uh, and next up, the Jags are on the clock, and they select Cooper DeGene out of Iowa, the cornerback Cooper DeGene out of Iowa, uh, 6'1", 207. Uh, some people think that he could be a safety. Some people think he can be a corner. Uh, I think that good teams and good defensive coordinators will just see a very good player to use in their secondary. Um, And obviously, we get our first white cornerback in the league after 17 years, and Jason Seahorn being the last one. Cooper DeGene is here. Um, 
Yeah, playmaking cornerback with size and speed and off coverage. He plays his butt off. Or he plays with his butt to the sideline to displays excellent vision. Uh, he had three pick sixes in 2022. Obviously, he got hurt this year, but he is a playmaker. He's a blitzer. Uh, you know, he's quick, not fast. Uh, he, he's always the hardest worker in the room, like that type of guy. Um, yeah, and again, the Jags need help in their secondary. I don't think that any of these young pieces that they have drafted have really worked out, and I think they have invested far too much into their offense to kind of keep investing into the offense. So they're going with Cooper DeGene here out of Iowa. Um... And up next, we got the Bengals, and the Bengals are taking Jerzon Newton out of, I forget where he, isn't like San Diego State or something like that? Uh, oh, this is bad. I can't even find him in DJ's top 50. Also, who was I just talking about? Uh, I was talking about Cooper DeGene. Cooper DeGene is... Uh, DJ's 29th player, and ah, there's Jerzon Newton, right one spot ahead of him. DJ's 28th ranked player, uh, the defensive tackle out of Illinois. Uh, where is he here? 6'2", 295. I have seen the comparison to Geno Atkins, obviously Bengals legend, and the reason I have the Bengals taking him is... Um... Holy shit, I forgot his name. I've been watching too much of Grady Jarrett recently. But it's the other defensive tackle who's also very good. This has been bad. This has not been my finest episode so far. Who? I'm Actually, I'm very mad at myself that I don't know who this guy is. He got hurt, and their defense took a hit. Um, DJ Reader. How could I forget DJ Reader? Uh, yeah, DJ Reader, one of the best defensive tackles in football. My apologies, but uh, he is a free agent. Now, I do think that the Bengals should keep him. Um, but let's say he does, he goes and he leaves. Uh, Jerzon Newton comes in, fills that role very, very nicely for them, in my opinion. Uh Let's read off some things that DJ has to say about him. As a pass rusher, he has shock in his mitts to jolt blockers. He mixes up his moves to generate sacks and pressures. Uh, he isn't a loose, nimble rusher due to his due to some hip tightness against the run. He generates knock knockback at the point of attack and gives effort to chase down plays off the line. Uh, yeah, so he's a very skilled interior pass rusher. Could definitely be a point of help for most teams out there but the Bengals get him at 18 move on to 19 now uh the Rams select Amarius Mims out of Georgia offensive tackle 6'7 340 again one of these massive offensive lineman prospects here uh so he hasn't played a ton of football uh if we're being honest between uh he's been injured quite a bit, but when he does play, he is phenomenal. Uh, he has eight total starts in three years at Georgia, so that's not 
great, but uh, plays with a firm, wide base, uses his length to control defenders, stays square and patient, and when he does throw his punch, it jolts defenders. So, yeah, uh, this is a project offensive tackle, but who can develop into one of the top guys in the game. Um, I think bringing him to L.A. with the offense that they have there and the offensive minds that they do have there... uh, is big and really they don't have a solid offensive line. I think that both of their tackles, I mean, Ulrich Jackson was starting for them at left tackle at the end of the year. Uh, Joseph Nopeboom, now a backup. I think Rob Havenstein's the right tackle. So they could use a talent infusion on that offensive line. And Mims is someone who I'm excited to see potentially rise further up in this process. Uh, but yeah, he is going to the Rams and we will keep going with this uh keep going with these offensive linemen off the board and next on the clock we have the Steelers and they are selecting uh Tyler Guyton out of Oklahoma uh 67 67327 so a little leaner than some of these taller guys that we've seen but uh tall rangy right tackle doesn't have a ton of starting experience. Only 15 starts at four years at Oklahoma and TCU. Uh, in pass pro, he explodes out of his stance and has range to cover up speed rushers. Very fluid and smooth. Um, he can look a little flimsy up top and gets tugged and pulled. Very good awareness for someone with limited reps uh, in the run game. He moves like a tight end. So again, one of these tackles who can develop. Uh, Guyton is... DJ's number 17th ranked player, Mims was 18. I don't know if I said that, but uh, yeah, the Steelers land another offensive lineman to kind of keep giving this offensive line the rehaul that it needs. Obviously, they drafted Broderick Washington, who is starting for them at left tackle. Now they get Guyton at right tackle, and let's see if Arthur Smith can do with the run game here now. Um, so yeah, and now at pick number 21, the Miami Dolphins are on the clock. And they are selecting Jackson Powers Johnson out of Oregon. Uh, interior offensive lineman, 6'3", 320. Uh, also just one of the best names in the draft. But this is a guy that a lot of Dolphins fans have been wanting for the last couple weeks now. And his tape and his senior bowl performances have uh, really proven it. In my opinion, he's the best interior offensive line player in this draft, the best center in this draft, um, and the Dolphins need interior offensive line help. Connor Williams, a free agent. Robert Hunt, a free agent. Isaiah Wynn is the other guy, and who's I, I think he's also a free agent. We probably only gave him a one-year deal. So we need three starters on the interior right now. Now, I think that we are bringing Connor Williams back. I think that he is our priority number one free agent this offseason. So I think he is coming back, and yeah, putting Jackson Powers Johnson on either side of him. Um, I like that idea a ton. And again, I could have been fun with this. I could have taken like a Brian Thomas Jr. But uh, yeah, Jackson Powers Johnson, DJ's number 35th ranked player, uh, has experience at all three interior offensive line spots. Uh, Good size, exceptional quickness, and a steady balance. Uh, he does an excellent job reworking his hands to maintain position and it is a nasty helper when uncovered. In the run game, he uses his upper body to torque defenders, generating a lot of movement at the point of attack. 
Uh, yeah, so I would love this guy on our team. We need offensive line help, and we still need it very, very badly. But, uh, yeah, Jackson Powers Johnson to the Dolphins at 21. Uh, next up, we have the Eagles. The Eagles are drafting Quinion Mitchell Mitchell out of Toledo, six foot 196. Um, he's ranked higher for DJ. I know that. Number 19, uh, excellent size, speed, and toughness for the position. Best in off-man off coverage where he plays out of side and turn. Where he plays out of a side turn and eyes the quarterback through the wide receiver. Uh, noticeable burst when he drives downhill. He has plenty of speed to turn and carry carry go routes. He can also quickly restart and recover versus uh, double moves. Um, he didn't have a lot of like chances to make the ball or to make plays on the ball this year, but that's because in 2022 uh, he had five interceptions, including a pair of pick sixes. So people tried to avoid him this year, and that that means they're pretty good at your job. Uh, so yeah, Quinion Mitchell to the Eagles. And obviously the Eagles need secondary help in the baddest way possible. Their secondary was atrocious this year, was part of the reason why the defense fell apart, and adding someone like, Quinion Mitchell to a room that has a vet like Darius Slay who can mentor him. I doubt James Bradbury is going to be back. I don't really know what his contract situation looks like, but um, yeah, Quinion Mitchell to the Eagles, uh, DJ's 19th ranked prospect. I think I said that though. Uh, now at 23, Texans are on the clock through the way of the Browns and the nasty man trade, and they are selecting Jared Verse out of Florida State, the big edge rusher, uh, 6'4", 260. Again, he's also, I consider him in the top three edge guys. And again, a lot can happen in the draft. I'm just kind of having fun with this mock draft right now. I know I have a lot of offensive line, offensive linemen going, but a lot, a lot, a lot of teams need offensive linemen. And there's a lot of good ones in the draft this year. So people like Verse and like Quinion Mitchell, fall down in the draft when there's a real position of need and a lot of good guys available. So Verse falls in this one, but uh, rugged, twitched-up edge rusher with a thick, powerful build. Um, tries to run right through offensive tackles, doing so in two ways. He will stutter to get offensive tackles off-balance and charge right through with his hands, or he'll simply bury his head into the blocker's chest and walk him right back to the quarterback. Uh, doesn't have elite bend at the top of the rush. When aligned inside, he relies more on his quickness to work the edge off an offensive guard. Against the rush, he's a stout point of attack. So I think that Verse, in my opinion, doesn't have as high as a ceiling as someone like a Dallas Turner, but if you want someone to just come in, be good against the run, be a good pass rusher, hopefully still develop into more of a pass rusher and get that like 10 and a half, nine sacks kind of, let's say, but be really good against the run. I think versus your guy. Um, so yeah, he falls all the way to the Texans. So now Texans get to pair verse with Will Anderson. Uh, that looks pretty scary to me. Uh, I think the Texans could have gone a couple different ways. I see people being like, oh, well, they should go get a wide receiver. 
I think they're kind of happy. I, they like Nico Collins. Obviously, C.J. Stroud loves Tank Dell. Could they get another wide receiver? Maybe. Uh, but I don't really see the need when you have bigger needs, and you have bigger needs on that defense. So uh, Texans address the other edge position there. Uh, pick 24 now. The Cowboys are on the clock. They are taking Graham Barton Jr. out of Duke. The interior offensive lineman, 6'5", 315. Um, so yeah, this is another one of these not very sexy picks, but the uh, the Cowboys just need offensive line help. Um, they've been good at drafting it, but it hasn't. They're losing some guys, and they have some money propped up in other players right now, so they need to get younger uh, on the line. So... Uh, started at left tackle during his final three seasons at Duke. Prior to that, he started five games at center. Uh, and that's where DJ sees him playing at the next level. He's also ranked number 33 on DJ's list. Uh, has ideal size for the position and pass protection. He is quick out of a stance. Plays with knee bend and has the agility to redirect. Uh, does struggle against power rushers. He doesn't play long-armed, exposes chest, and gives ground. Fortunately, he loses... Uh, Fortunately, he loses slowly on most occasions, allowing the quarterback to get time of the ball out. So, yeah. So, again, not a sexy pick, but the Cowboys need help along the offensive line uh, after losing some guys in free agency this year. So, hopefully, Graham Barden comes in and addresses that. Um, Keep going. Uh, We are on the Packers now. And look at that. Another offensive lineman, and they are going with Jordan Morgan, out of Arizona, uh, 6'5", 325, uh, DJ's 31st ranked prospect, very athletic left tackle with average size, and crazy to say average size is someone who's 6'5", 325. Uh, in pass pro, he is quick out of his stance to meet and cover up speed rushers. He can sink his weight and drop levels when bull rushed. Uh he struggles to redirect inside when facing counter moves, getting beat occasionally. Uh, he will also occasionally duck his his head, which is correctable. In the run game, he is more finesse than power. Can use his quickness to cut off the backside. Uh, yeah, enough about enough about that. Again, it's an it's an offensive lineman pick. You obviously know what you want them to do and what you don't want them to do, and they're hard to project to the NFL level because the NFL is just much better athletes than they've played in college. But uh, Packers need offensive line help. David Bakhtiari, I think, is a free agent now, I believe, or he's going to get cut because he just doesn't play. But uh, so, yeah, hopefully Jordan Morgan is their left tackle of the future. Obviously, they like Zach Tom at right tackle a ton, but let's try to keep Jordan Love upright. Uh, Yeah, so Jordan Morgan... To the Packers, 25. Buccaneers. Buccaneers taking the first linebacker. They're taking Edrin, or Edrin Cooper out of Texas A&M, 6'3", 230. DJ's number 20. 20th ranked player. Uh, long, rangy linebacker with excellent speed and coverage ability. Uh, comfortable in man coverage and has plenty of speed to carry tight ends. Explosive blitzer. Uh and displays against the run. He is quick to fill the hole. Displays stopping power as a tackle. 
Uh, he'll have some flyby missed tackles when in lateral pursuit, but he is an instinctive athlete at the position, has very good size for the position, as we've seen over the years, kind of going with the smaller off-ball linebackers. This guy, again, he's not working like the prototypical size we saw back in like the early 2000s with like the 6'4", 240 middle linebackers, but 6'3", 230, very athletic, can still cover tight ends. This is what you want in a modern-day linebacker, and Edron Cooper brings that. Uh, now, why are the Bucks taking a linebacker? Uh, Levante David and Devin White are both free agents, and Levante David, I we will see if he will retire. We'll see if he wants to ring chase again, or we'll see if he'll just come back to Tampa on kind of a hometown discount just to kind of play out his career in the place where he started. Devin White, I don't know what he wants contract-wise. The last time I talked, it was... Uh, he wants the highest paid money an inside linebacker can get. That's more than Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith. That's more than Fred Warner. Uh, Devin White does not deserve that type of money at all. Um, so there's a chance where Devin White walks. They bring Levante David back, and then they bring in Edwin Cooper and be like, you take over Devin White's spot. Let's see what you can do. And I like him. I like him a lot in that spot. So... Uh, we will keep going here. Uh, the Cardinals are up again. This is through the Texans trade from last year. Obviously, the Texans gave away their own first-round pick instead of the Browns. Smart of them to do. And uh, the Cardinals are taking defensive tackle Byron Murphy, 6'1", Um, Yeah, for the first time in, or for the second time in four years... The Cardinals are taking another Byron Murphy. Obviously, this the first Byron Murphy was a corner. Much, much smaller than this man. Probably like 100 pounds less. Probably the same height. I forget how height. Eh, Byron Murphy might have been like 5'10". Either way. Um, without an edge that I really like here, um, but also knowing that they need to address this defensive line, I thought that Byron Murphy was the guy for them. Um, and this is more, honestly, it's more just me wanting to be like, oh, the Cardinals picking Byron Murphy again. Let's see if it works out better for them this time. So it's kind of a stupid pick, but um, I'm here for stupid picks. So, uh, ugh. see, the problem is, is when I'm using DJ's stuff, I don't know where he actually has some of these guys ranked. So I don't know if I've passed. Oh, there he is. He's number 22 ranked player. Uh, very explosive, nimble, and instinctive defensive tackle, dynamic disruptor against the pass game, explodes out of his stance, can roll his hips on contact. Uh, he has quick hands to win with swipe moves. Uh, can utilize his quickness to penetrate and create negative plays. He has plenty of rage to make plays lateral. Might lack ideal size, but he's a leverage machine who makes an impact on all three downs. So, undersized but a guy who can do it all at the position and can generate pass rush from the interior of the line which is something that teams need um so the cardinals land him uh at 27 uh the bills are up and finally we get another one of these wide receivers off the board and it is brian thomas jr out of lsu 64205 uh I think DJ has him ranked in his top 15. His 15th ranked player, uh, big explosive wideout with incredible production, 17 touchdown catches this season. 
He can line up outside and in the slot. Defeats press coverage quite easily. Um, very loose and fluid as a route runner. He has snap up, up at the top of his routes. Doesn't waste steps. Uh, big play machine and has the upside to develop into a number one receiver for his team drafting him. Um, so yeah, so obviously it's no secret that the Bills need wide receiver help. Uh, Khalil Shakir was their wide receiver one basically for the second half of the year because Diggs decided to do his best magician act and disappear. So obviously I don't think Diggs is like washed or done, but like they need to bring in other people because I don't know if Khalil Shakir is like a real wide receiver too. I think he's a good NFL player, but like... Expecting him to just be the wide receiver two next year is asking a lot. Uh, Gabe Davis is gone. We like Dalton Kincaid. But let's bring in someone like Brian Thomas Jr. who is explosive, is an athlete, can make those big plays uh, and hopefully develop into something more. But uh, Josh Allen gets another... It's, it, it's basically getting Gabe Davis again, but hopefully a much, much better version of Gabe Davis. Because we all saw those Gabe Davis games where he'd have like five catches, 150 yards, two TDs. Maybe we can see that consistently instead of having like that stat line and then nothing for like a month and then going off again. Uh, Gabe Davis is funny like that, but uh, we'll keep going here. Lions on the clock and the Lions are taking Chop Robinson out of Penn State. Again, one of the better names in this draft, the edge defender, uh... 63250 uh extremely twitched up edge rusher with limited production average size but is incredibly explosive uh he flashes nifty two-hand swipe maneuver and a push pull move he has some tightness that shows up when he gets to the top of his rush uh he was very disruptive in every game that DJ studied Overall, Robinson isn't a smooth, bendy type of player, but his mix of speed and power provides a lot of disruption. So, again, someone not as polished as these other guys that we're talking about, but someone who can refine to being a very, very good edge defender. And this Lions team, I think we know that the offense is pretty much set for them amongst the offensive line, the quarterback, the receivers, tight end. It's good on offense. Uh, having another edge rusher opposite Aiden Hutchinson uh, would be great, and I think Chop Robinson is the guy for the job. Obviously, maybe a secondary player would be the better pick here. I don't really like any of them at this point, so they're going with the best edge player on the board, and that is Chop Robinson. Uh, the Ravens here now on the clock, and they are selecting wide receiver Keon Coleman out of Florida State, 6'4", 215, one of my favorite watches uh, from this draft class so far. Uh, and if you don't know Keon Coleman, Keon Coleman was a basketball uh, recruit to Michigan State not too long ago. Decided to switch it up. I think he was a five-star player in basketball and football. Uh, decided to focus on football full-time, and he was just a highlight machine at Florida State this past year. Uh, he's not, he doesn't have the ideal speed to really 
separate from guys, but makes a lot of big plays in crowded environments and should be a red zone menace at the next level. And just like very, very good athlete. He doesn't have that nice straight line speed, but the vertical and the catch radius and he doesn't drop. And when you get the ball in his hands, he makes guys miss. Um, So the Ravens get another receiver for Lamar to use. Obviously, I don't know what OBJ's contract situation is looking like. Rashad Bateman. They get Keon Keon Coleman to pair up with Zay Flowers. I think that's a very nice one-two duo for Lamar. Um, And yeah, on to pick number 31. And I have the Chiefs picking in this spot. And the Chiefs are selecting a wide receiver. Thank God. Uh, they are selecting Troy Franklin Jr. out of Oregon, 6'3", 137. Uh, Keon Coleman, ranked number 38. Troy Franklin, ranked number 39. Tall, lanky, wide out with big-time speed. Uh, needs to be more consistent with his hands, but he's shown the ability to, to provide plenty of explosive plays for this offense. So that might be a little scary for Chiefs fans, knowing that his hands aren't the best. But... Uh, the I don't know. The Chiefs just need literally anyone other than Rishi Rice, and I think Rishi Rice has proven that he can be a reliable yak guy where you give him the short routes, you just get him the ball in his hands, he can make people miss. Where they need someone who can take the top off the defense, Troy Franklin is that guy. Um, yeah, so they just need wide receiver help and wide receiver help in a very, very bad way. Um, and last but not least, the 49ers are on the clock. And they are selecting cornerback Kool-Aid McKinstry out of Alabama. Uh, Kool-Aid is one of those players where uh, DJ is number 36th ranked player. But he does everything you want instinctually in a corner that you could ask for. Like quite literally like everything. We just don't know if he has the athleticism to keep up with the top NFL talent. Um, so that'll be the huge test for him at the combine is, does he have that top end speed to really be a true lockdown corner in this league? Uh, and yeah, that's kind of what DJ sums it up to is overall Kool-Aid has a lot of redeeming qualities, but his top speed is a serious question mark. Uh, if he posts a good 40 time, it could really boost his stock. And that's kind of what I was just about to say, where if he goes to the combine runs, four, five, 40, something like that. Um, that boosts his stock dramatically into maybe a top 25 pick. Um, cause again, on tape, it shows up that he is fantastic and him and Terry and Arnold should probably be ranked kind of similarly, but right now they're not because Kool-Aid does have that athleticism concern. But the Niners land a very good potentially cover corner for them where hard to give them this might have been a spot for an offensive line pick maybe maybe they get a wide receiver because they also need to get younger at that position but I'm going with a corner for them and I think a corner that could be very very good for them for a very very long time um yeah that does it for the round one mock draft And obviously, I had three quarterbacks go off the very start of the draft, and none since. And I'm just going to be honest, the teams that need a quarterback, these Broncos, these Raiders, like, them picking picking those guys that early, 
seems a little rich for me. Now there's always going to be that team that jumps up and wants to grab their guy early. I just don't see it with Bo Nix, Michael Penix, or J.J. McCarthy. JJ McCarthy. So, yeah, I don't have them going in the first round because I honestly don't think that they're first-round players. That's not how things work with quarterbacks, and we know this. But, again, my mock draft, I think if I had the ability to make trades, then, yeah, someone would have traded up for a Bo Nix or a Michael Penix maybe, not J.J. McCarthy, but maybe only one of these guys too. Um I think from what I'm reading and what I'm seeing is Bo Nix has kind of emerged as the QB3, which is just absolutely insane. I mean, the super senior uh, college player, but he fits the part. He looks the part. Uh, we'll see what he can do. Again, I don't think he has game game-changing talent at QB, but I think I've seen him comp to like Alex Smith. Alex Smith, fine. Fine, good NFL quarterback, so that's not a bad thing. Um, but yeah, that does it for the mock draft. Obviously, I have a lot of uh, homework to do on some of these guys. And honestly, just reading through DJ's notes while talking about it in this, and I think there was times where uh, I was reading things, just skimming through to see what I should talk about and not talking. So I'm sure when I listen back to this tomorrow, there's going to be a lot of dead air. But anyways, I learned about some new prospects. I gave my opinions on why I think they should go there. And we got we got basically three months until the draft starts. So by the end of that, I will know these guys like I know with the back of my hand. Probably. But um. Yeah, as always, if you have liked this, please like, share, retweet, subscribe, all that fun stuff, and until next time, peace.